Hey everybody, it's Justin from Mayday. We are very, very excited to have this to bring to you. Uh, we were fortunate enough to get into the press event that uh, Hulu put on in uh, early April, where they bring in all the stars from the show of The Handmaid's Tale, and uh, as a member of the press, we were allowed to do interviews. And so we, being based in the middle of the country, had to reach out to some uh, sources of ours, and we have a good friend, Jennifer White, who works for Slacker Radio. Uh, some of you will know that we have a radio station, our very own Handmaid's Resistance Radio. You can find that at slacker.com or pick it up, pick up the Slacker app free on the App Store and download that, and you can listen to that. That is all songs from the show and all songs by badass women bands and female artists and all kinds of great stuff that is just empowering, awesome music that you will love. Uh, we're going to be refreshing it, revamping it here. Uh, Jennifer also got some commentary about the music from the stars that we are going to talk to, so you'll hear that if you check out the station here in just a, few, a week or so. Uh, right now, this is our interview with questions that we asked about the show. Samira Wiley answering questions about The Handmaid's Tale. Thanks, guys. See ya. Now, is it difficult to walk off the set after feeling all of this and being there and kind of looking around and taking in the political climate these days. Yeah, it is. I mean, like it's it's sometimes overwhelming to step off of, to step off of set and realize um, uh, how parallel um, the story that we are trying to tell, the issues that we are bringing up, um, are with the actual times that we're living in. Um, it is uh, sometimes a lot for me to go ahead and just like wrap my brain around all of it. Yeah. Um, but I I trust so the 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 writers and everyone else who we're working with. Um, everyone is doing such an amazing job to get this story right. Um, and I feel completely honored to be able to be telling this story with with um, with the writers and with the other creative team. Now tell me about the the journey as, as you an actor uh, have been on since pre Handmaid's Tale. Okay, mm -hmm. just like mm -hmm. right before, like you probably had an inkling that this was going to be something special and something big. At, at, through now, after such a successful first season, I, what are your thoughts to being part of something that's striking such a chord? Um, it's, you know, it's really interesting. I think the, um, both of the uh, projects, Orange and Handmaids, that I've been involved in have really uh, permeated the culture in a way that I didn't, I didn't anticipate. Yeah, R.I.P. Um, Pusey, by the way. Thank, yeah. <laughs> thank you. Uh, but of course, in reading The Handmaid's Tale, um, it was um, something that I, when I first read it, I knew that it was going to be relevant. I knew that it was going to be timely. I didn't anticipate that it was going to be this relevant. I don't think any of us did. Um, it is... <laughs> I, I sometimes want to use the word happy accident, but then the word happy is in there, so I don't, I don't <laughs> know how I feel about that. Um, but yeah, it just it makes it, it me feel like I have an incredible, and we uh, um, creating this show have an incredible responsibility yeah. to be able to tell this story, um, quote unquote, right, however that is, with the most amount of integrity and making sure that these people that we're portraying are not just characters, but that they they are characters, but they're reflecting real people's uh, experiences, real people's journeys. Um, and it's, it's, it's overwhelming sometimes to think about that when you think about the responsibility that you have when we think about the, view, the viewership, how many people we have watching this show. But I'm, I, I feel really honored yeah. to be a part of telling this story in 2018 in America. I, I stand, you know, with Lizzie Moss and with everyone else that's doing this show that's just trying to make sure that it's 
you know, we've got the Me Too movement, the Time's Up movement that is also, you know, lining up to be completely relevant with that as well. And that's the kind that's the kind of art that I want to be a part of. Something that's saying something about the now. Well, now that your character is in a totally separate place in, yeah. in season two, uh, what are we going to learn about her and Luke as they start living this day-to-day life through season two? Everything on the surface is so wonderful. She is escaping this horrible totalitarian regime of Gilead where she's all of a sudden given a health insurance card. She's given money, which women aren't even allowed to own any possessions. And all of a sudden she has all of these opportunities, all of these things. She's not getting raped every day. So it's all these wonderful, wonderful things that are being flooded at her. But it is a shock. It is a shock to the system. It is, I don't know anything here. Nothing is familiar. Yeah. Um, there is the, uh, you know, we hear about uh, the, 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 Gilead is the devil you know. You know, she is walking into this new land and with all of this new opportunity, but it's not that easy. You know, there are things there that she has to get used to and she has to understand how to cope and how to uh, live a life in this new place. And I think that that is really the struggle, uh, Moira's struggle this season, Mm -hmm. trying to figure out how to be in this place that is, you know, uh, in, in Canada, but it's, you know, this little America, but she has no, the only thing she really has to tether herself to right now physically is Luke. Yeah. Uh, he is the only thing that is, that is around. And that is what obviously keeps, um, their relationship to June, uh, alive is being able to see each other every day. It's basically like what we've seen from Moira and Luke so far in terms of their relationship is that they have like this sort of sibling rivalry uh, kind of relationship, love-hate relationship. Um, and with season two, we'll really see that that gets tested. It, 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 we start to see more of the love, I think, mm-hmm. because the one thing that, that has brought them together is June. And June is not in Canada. June is still in Gilead. Yeah. Um, and that is where the energy, their energy and all of their, their, um, the um, you know their their thinking is basically always in Gilead because that's where she is, um, and we'll see them get closer because of that connection, and uh, we'll just see like it's 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 not a it's not like I think anyone can know it's not going to be like a really really happy journey because we are in Gilead <laughs> we are in The Handmaid's Tale, but um, yeah we'll just see sort of like that familial relationship grow. Speaking <clears throat> of now and speaking of, of feeling honored, you are about to receive an honor. Yes. The GLAAD Awards. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Um, I am going to receive the Vita Russo Award from GLAAD, and it is such an honor. I think about myself so much as just a person who wants to live their life openly and honestly. Um, and a lot of times, uh, one of the things is getting this getting this award is it reminds me how that is a radical act in mm-hmm. these days. Me as um, an out LGBT you know, person of the queer community, just walking down the street holding my wife's hand is an act of resistance in a way. And I am so happy that they are honoring me in this way, it, but I think that it, I'm just such a small part. I just happen to be someone who can be seen. Um, but there's so many people doing what I'm doing every single day, and I just hope that this sheds light on not only me, but everyone. Perfection. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. 